Good evening, everyone. It's Kyle Cruz, and I listen to the KC at the Movies podcast for Thursday, the 24th of May. How's everyone going? How? Hope you're not too cold out there. It's fucking. It's freezing out there. Absolutely freezing. The weather just came out of nowhere. The changes came. Came like a Thanos snap of the fingers, I mean. Holy shit. Um, one minute it was. You know, it was it was kind of cold, and then fucking the next day, hit us like a brick. Um, I know I got hit with it, and uh, luckily I was straight onto the meds. I was uh, straight onto the meds, and then uh, in the water, and then I was right back off it. So if you want a bit of a advice for it, I'm not you probably had it before, but uh, got a sore throat. Get yourself some betadine tablets. Drinking water, well, while you're doing this as well, drink some water. And then if you don't have, you can either get uh, cold and flu tablets, but they'll run you about 13 bucks, which is pretty fucking shit. So you can just get some paracetamol, and because you're guaranteed to get a few headaches as well. So um, you drink some paracetamol, you have some paracetamol uh, every four to six hours, I think it is. And they uh, have two tablets each. Keep having that Benadine until they throat gets a bit fucky. Because by the second day, that throat's going to be fine, and it's just the paracetamol, then. And get yourself about two boxes of tissues. And you should be fine. So if you've got, the, if you've got that cold or the flu that's going around, because everyone's fucking got it, um, just follow that, follow that, and uh, you should be fine. And that's it for the doctor segment. <laughs> On the show. Bloody hell, how was everyone's weekend? Hope everyone had a good weekend. I had a... Uh, Probably one of the best weekends I've had in a while. Um, went out, went out to the uh, the Rook for a uh, my mate in Sydney's twenty uh, first birthday. Went into the Rook, had a beautiful burger, some chips, classic, classic uh, meal right there, and uh, we had some great sides too. But um, Really didn't start, uh, the drinks really didn't start flowing until we hit Palmer and Co, a nice little 1920s bar on, um, in a circular key. And uh, I, I believe, I didn't have enough money by, for, to buy drinks, by the way. So, I was just like sitting there, drinking water, and, uh, you know, people... People coming up to me saying you're not drinking tonight. I'm like, oh no, I can only you know drink water. I'm one of those one of those guys that can't afford anything. And he was he was like, oh okay, all right. I always thought that again. That sounded like a fucking <laughs> sounded like an alien talking. Uh, he was he was just like, oh, I'll get you a drink then. Many moments later, people are buying me these beautiful whiskey and sours. Could have used a little more whiskey, but you know, I'll go of it. And uh, and then rum and cokes, and then you know the night goes on from there. And then we end up at uh, we end up at George Street Mac because at around two thirty in the morning. Because uh, usually that's where you end up. Sorry, I only dropped my drink there. Be fucking be a crisis if I drop the drink right now. Absolute crisis. Um, but yeah, that's usually where everyone ends up, right? Macca's. I remember I was at I was in um I was in Cairns and uh, I think it was 2015 and uh, I got drunk on the Esplanade and I went to uh, Macca's 
after after the night, after we went out. <clears throat> this was about midnight, I think, midnight or around one a.m. And I remember I was I was so drunk I went up to the counter and slammed my money down. I think it was just twenty bucks. <laughs> I think it was just twenty bucks, but I was just like, I just said twelve cheeseburgers. And uh, and she uh, was <laughs> looking at me like. Uh, Ryan and I was just like and I like snapped my fingers I was like come on hurry up and uh, I didn't get 12 I got, I got about um, like 6 or 8 I think I ate those motherfuckers I told you I ate them sat at the table outside I no they gave me to me in a bag and I just sat on the table outside we got these kids coming in as well just watching a fucking lonely I wouldn't even say a man yet boy slash man Turning into an adult, just fucking chowing down burgers at the uh, at the table, and um, I had some people walking past me, looking at me, because <laughs> there were so many burgers, and I think I I think I finished them off. I don't know. I think it was eight, but I think I finished them off because twenty dollars wasn't enough to get me twelve. But you know, in in my world, twenty dollars equals you twelve cheeseburgers. So. That's what I thought. Foolish, foolish of me. Foolish of me, really. And, uh, yeah. And then, um... So that happened Saturday night. It was a bit of a drunken night Saturday night. And then Sunday night, I got the, had the pleasure of watching Deadpool 2. So, um, we'll be talking about that on this podcast tonight. And, uh, another little film by a French filmmaker... Filmmaker? Who's a female called Revenge. Everyone's been talking about this one. Um, I, I saw it mentioned a few times on uh, Letterboxd, and then I saw a review on it on YouTube, and then I was just like, well, this looks really interesting. This has piqued my interest. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a bloody fucking hot second, right? Um, I've been... I've watched a few movies lately. Um, back into it. Uh, I've been, been pretty busy. Pretty busy again with the uh, cuts. Since this whole schedule for everything is just so... Fucked? Let's just try that. Uh, it's just been it's been very hard to try and like do a lot of things really. No, not, uh, but I uh, always have time for YouTube. <laughs> but to say I'm doing all these things... And I uh, never get them done. Um, yeah, that's that's just my problem. And on Monday and Tuesday, I had a bit of a lazy slumpy, and I, I don't know if I'm there. But uh, well, I was back at it on um, Wednesday since yesterday, since I had to have a fine cut due. Um, didn't even have a rough cut due, which is pretty disappointing. But that was that was well, that wasn't my fault. That was a technical issue. Thank God. Uh, that was a technical issue. And uh, I just didn't. Uh, I didn't have time to put it together straight after the transcoding because then you got to sound sync it and then that takes a while to do. So didn't uh, didn't have time to do that. And uh, unfortunately, went to that screening with nothing to show. So I don't think I had got that paperwork filled out. So I'm pretty sure that'll be for the deliverables that'll be needed. But I haven't done that yet. Neither did I attend that production debrief because of how sick I was, as I was talking about last week. How sick I was. Excuse me. Um, so there's a lot of 
stuff I really need to hand in. I haven't even checked the folder yet to see what paperwork's actually in there. But um, I know a release form is needed, which, you know, I've got that. Slow survey. Uh, but the budget reconciliation is a big thing because I haven't really spent the budget yet. I have as of recently, but um, before when that was due, hadn't spent it yet, so that wasn't really meant to turn in. But this weekend, I'm going to fill out the reconciliation and uh, see if it all adds up. If it doesn't, because uh, I remember, I think, um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in a little bit of a secret. Uh, I think I spent, well, I don't think I, I did it. <laughs> Can't lie about this, Carl. Um, I took a bit out to see Avengers Infinity War um, at the uh, event cinemas. So, and I just had to reimburse it with my other bank account, which pretty much just goes to bills. I don't, you don't, I don't get paid. The bills do, as I said. I think I said last week. The uh, not last week. The uh, week before, because I haven't really. And I, I apologize for not released one last week. I was just yeah, I was, I was sick and um shit mood, and then I had that busy weekend my friend visiting and then the weekend before that Mother's Day weekend was yeah it was Mother's Day and uh, I really didn't have anything to other than that I really had nothing to talk about so it wasn't really I didn't think it was needed but uh, yeah to make up for that I seem to make in two podcasts every time I do something wrong or don't say consistent but um, I did want to do this is not because I, I want to you know wake up for it because um, I do but like this is not the major reason um, I wanted to talk about these two films here, but I've, I've, I've been watching some foreign films lately, um, some recent ones, and I just wanted to dedicate a little bit of a uh, little podcast to uh, foreign films because I don't think they get an, um, a lot of love as much as these uh, mainstream English films. And uh, yeah, there's a, everyone has their reasons, but I think these ones need a bit of some um, light to. Uh, I can't finish that. <laughs> I can't finish that sentence. That uh, I guess that light, that light that they need, shine some light on. That's what I was trying to say, but you know, I'm fucking, you know, I have mild Asperger's, so maybe that makes up for it. My mind just fucking races a million, million miles a second. But uh, yeah, so let's talk about uh, Deadpool two. Um, it's out. It's here. It came really quickly, really, because I think I didn't have much breathing room after Infinity War on April 25th, I believe it was out. Um, it, yeah, it really had much breathing room. And then um, Deadpool 2 has come along, knocked it off first place at the club box office. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I was meant to see Tully, but I didn't have time to see it because of my scheduling and schooling. And... Uh, but now I, I, had, I had time to see it. I had Sunday off. I saw the first one with my friend. So um, we saw the second one together on, on Sunday. And uh, it was good. Really good, in fact. Really good. Um, once again, it's written by Rhett and Reese, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. However, Tim Miller has dropped out because of creative differences with Ryan Reynolds. And we have David Leach, one half of the John Wick, Atomic Blonde duo to direct this one. And if you've seen John Wick and Atomic Blonde, you know that their action is top-notch, and especially the cinematography. So I was expecting 
something better. There's a better. There's, there's a bigger budget for this one too. So I was expecting not to not to blow their award, but actually, but like elevate it. And uh, boy, did, did they elevate it. Um, Deadpool two is a, such a blast, and uh, it, it, it's in my opinion, it is better than the first one. Um, the first one might have that that luxury of being so surprising and being out of nowhere and not everyone seeing it coming and then it blowing, completely blowing expectations out of the water. But, um, number two is just got, it's, it's got better action, in my opinion. Um, it had, it's got better jokes than the first one. There's less, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sex jokes, but there's just less of those kind of dick jokes and everything, I think. Um, there's still your fair share of them. Still your fair share, but... I think it has. It's relying on more situational stuff happening in this one, more than the first one where Deadpool was just talking about his dick, or you know, she was. He was talking about sexual stuff, growth sexual stuff, as as the Catholics would call it. Apologies, Catholic Church. Um, wow, <laughs> got off topic there. But uh, this one has got. It's it's bigger. It's got beep. It's got more people in it. It's uh, hasn't just got Deadpool, Blind Owl, Weasel, and uh, well, uh, they died. Uh, Vanessa's back. Marina Backrun. Vanessa's back. Um, Wade is still with her. They're still going. Still going strong. And uh, I'll get to the plot in a minute. But we also have uh, Zusty Beats from Atlanta, which is a fucking great show. If you're not watching Atlanta, it's fantastic you need to watch it season two was great um well most some of it was um half of it was great because i've only seen the first half but what is what i've seen so far episode two was top notch top notch stuff cat williams really surprised me there but uh yeah first season of land was fantastic and uh good way for the second season and so far it's been really good but apparently it's like even better and i i love her zazie beats from that show she's great most of the cast in that great school, like Brian, Therese Henry, Donald Glover, of course, uh, Keith Stanfield. Most of that cast is, most of that main cast is just great. Um, right. You've, and you've also got um, Robert Rob Delaney as Peter. That was cool to see. I've only seen him once, but it was cool to see him there. And then he was just the guy that saw the ad and, you know, it's all about Peter pretty much. And let me tell you, Peter's got some great bits in the movie, but, yeah. Um, you've also got Julian Dennison, too, as um, Russell, who is um, who, who calls himself Fire Fist in the movie, but his name is Russell. Julian Dennison, as people don't know, he's from the Hunt for the Wilder People, Taika Waititi fame, and he's Kiwi. Uh, you've also got Brianna Hildebrand back as... Um, Teenage, mega, um, teenage Negasonic Teenage Negasonic Teenage Warhead Sorry And uh, uh, Fuck He plays Colossus Anyway Colossus is back too But this time We got some new players Cable Cable is back Is here Not back Josh Brolin as Cable Is here And Cable's here to fuck some shit up He's back from the future <laughs> That's funny um, and <laughs> He's here to kill Russell The kid and uh, so this is pretty much what's happening. So Deadpool, um, you know, something happens. I'll just say something happens with Deadpool and or Wade and Vanessa. Something happens. And Cable comes back 
and Deadpool has tasked to pretty much look after this kid or protect this kid from Cable from killing this kid. And that's pretty much the whole plot of the movie. And um, that's that's pretty much it. That's the, that's the plot. X-Force is in there. But I won't say anything else there, but X-Force is in there. And, um, that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. But I was just going to, yeah, this movie is, is great. It's, it's better than the first one, as I said. Why is it better? Um, as I said, better action, better jokes, better cinematography. Um, just beautiful. The lighting, I realized the, I noticed the lighting is just really nice. And I, I believe like, because of the big budget, they got some more, you know, um, I get less CGI. I notice like less CGI jumping around and everything, and more. There's a there's. Don't get me wrong. There's some CGI in this movie, but it's like less CGI. You know when you have those Marvel heroes and you can't really. You know you don't really. They're just computer generated graphics. Big example being the final fight in Black Panther. Um, but there's a lot of like um, hand to hand combat that was cool, um, especially with Domino and um, Deadpool, and I found that really cool. And I believe that was the Leech coming on and saying they want to do it like this. Um, it's not as... The action's not as great as John Wick or Atomic Blonde, but it's the perfect amount of action for a Deadpool film. And um, I was a-okay of it. I was loved it. Fine. It was good with me. <laughs> loved all the um, cameos in it. There's a few cameos that you might not have... Um, you might not catch... There's a few background things that you might not catch. There's a lot of Easter eggs I'm pro- I've probably missed, but there's so many things in the background that you've just got to like look out for. And uh, Ryan Reynolds has even confirmed this that there's a lot of dead, there's a lot of Easter eggs in there, and he likes doing that, sprinkling them all out there, as most filmmakers like to do for their audiences. But um, I, w- I, w- I watched an interview and he, and he said that he, that that was yeah he did sprinkle a lot in this one. And uh, there's a specific one that uh, I really liked in the uh, X-Men Mansion. Um, that was fantastic. <laughs> that was great. That really caught me off guard. That was that was fantastic. I loved it. And uh, there's another cameo in this one. Like a flash. Blink and you miss a cameo. Jeez, I'm clicking my tongue a lot, aren't I? It's a blink and you miss a cameo. And it's um, it's great. It's great. There's also another cameo in there that I never haven't picked out. But so it looks like I need to go back and see it. But I can't really do that because I've got the time now. But yeah, I think there's there's a cameo in there um, that I missed out on that I didn't notice. And apparently that's that person. So I'm not going to say who it is. But if there's a sequence in the movie, I'll just say when it is, and you can I can you can try and see it out. Um, there's a sequence in the movie where Cable comes back and he asks what time it is. So there's two regnecks sitting on this ute and they're having to have a drink. Uh, one of them is Alan Tudyk from um, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. And um, one of them is someone very, very famous who just likes to be in Marvel films, I think. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say who it is, but... You might have got a little bit hint on who, what I was, what I was saying there. Um, but yeah, he's he's in there as well. I didn't notice him, but there, was, there must be a lot of prosthetic makeup on. But I didn't notice him. 
and um, there's no like leaked scenes, I guess, online of him showing him or pictures showing him. So I can't really have no of confirming. So I'll have to wait till it comes out on Blu-ray to see if that's actually that person. Um, but and yet it hasn't been confirmed. I don't think by Ryan Reynolds or anything. So I haven't really, I haven't dug that far yet. So I don't really know. But um, apparently it's that person. So. Look out for him. Look out for Alan Tudyk and that person, that guy, that actor. And the Blink and You Miss It is another famous actor as well, very famous as well. Um, he's part of the. I'll just say he's part of the X Force. So I won't say, I won't say anything more than that. There's a joke in this movie. Speaking of the X Force, there's a joke in this movie that caught me, like just caught me. It came out of nowhere. And it really just like, like I don't know, like it really grabbed my attention, and I just laughed my ass off. It was I did not see that coming. My friend did. Um, there was like an indication, but I didn't think it was going to go this far. And this joke just goes for it. It's so funny, and it's just so. It was just insane. It was just insane how it happened, and it's just a funny. It was hilarious. Um, there's a beloved. Another beloved character that is in there as well. I'm, I'm not saying... Like, I'm not going to give you full spoilers, but I just want to give you a little hint so I can get you excited to go. Uh, but there's another X-Men character in there that's um, has a little bit of an appearance as well. I'm not going to say who it is, but has a bit of an appearance. You can get some indications if you look really closely in backgrounds of scenes, but that's all I'll say. Also, to pay attention to a bit of dialogue as well, but that's all I'll say. But I mean, overall, I was just so impressed and pleased that this sequel is another great sequel um Blade Runner 2049 being one of them last year and uh, I believe it was something what was it what was it uh what was the other one last year that was as good John Wick Chapter 2 I think it was um that that movie was just as good as the first one as well the first one I think was a bit better but that movie was just as good just as good um, but it was a great sequel. That's the thing. It was a great sequel, and I love watching it. Twenty forty nine, I think, is just as good as the first one as well. Um, I've come to that conclusion now. I've had a lot of thoughts about it and talked about it with a few of people, and I've watched it well so many times now. And I just think it is. I think it really is as good as the first one. Um, Final New fucking knocked it out of the park. And uh, yeah, this De- Deadpool two is is again just as good as the first one. That's thanks to a great director, great vision, great writing by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. Ryan Reynolds as well, obviously putting in there. Um, been an, I think he was a writer accredited as well. And obviously being the producer. Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Like, he was born to play Deadpool. This is one of those character things where... You know, I, I, I said it in the first one, but this is one of those character things where... You have Tony Stark. Like Robert Downey Jr. was born to play Tony Stark, right? And... Um, now you have Ryan Reynolds. He was just born to play Deadpool. Just how naturally funny he is. And his charisma and everything. He's just... He is Wade Wilson. He's Deadpool. And um, it's great to see. Every time he... Dons the mask, I guess. You you know, you, you're reminded. Yeah, this man is born to play Deadpool. He is him. He is him... Personified. Is that, is that what I'm trying to say? I guess... Not too good with English guys, so if you just, you know, let me have that one. 
Right. Um, and I just want to finish off by uh, saying that the intro sequence is not as funny as the first one. So you remember, if you remember the first one, you love that great intro sequence of all those jokes and everything. Yeah. This intro sequence is not as good as the first one, but it's I think it's fucking hilarious as well. Um, I love the parody of the thing they're parodying. And uh, just th- instead of being the titles of people, um, is I liked how it was the audience's thoughts. So that was really cool. As the uh, the credit, the audience thoughts are like are the credits. So it's fan- it's really I found that was really funny. I thought that was hilarious. It already it already had me laughing in the fucking opening three minutes. So that's when you know you've got a good sequel, comedy sequel. Um, yeah. And the end credit sequence, not the credits, but the post credit scenes or the mid credit scenes, I think I want to say, because they take place mid, are some of the best I've seen ever. And uh, they're fucking hilarious. They're probably some of the best jokes in the film, even though they're not in the film. Um, they're some of the best jokes. I never saw that coming either. That was great. And I love the way that they played with what they had, because it's, it's what they have in the movie that allows them to do those jokes. And it was great. I laughed my ass off. So overall, Deadpool 2, fucking highly recommend if you love the first one. I don't know. Look, I just don't get... I don't get why people are going into a sequel when they haven't even seen the first one. Like, I get that some sequels are standalone, but this is obviously... This is Deadpool 2. Obviously, you're going to get the same stuff as you saw in the first one, and it's going to continue from Wade Wilson's story from the first one. And I must say, the second one is much more emotional, too, than the first one. Like, I really, like... You know, I thought the first one was funny. Deadpool was funny, blah, blah, blah. I I cared a little about his and Venice's relationship, but it wasn't that strong, but I still enjoyed it. But this one, I really cared about these characters. I cared about these characters, and I hoped... I was hoping they were going to get through. Um, So, well done to the people behind this... um, Behind it. Um, Ryan Reynolds, beautiful. Love you, man. Fantastic, good, uh, great job. Like, really got me feeling. So, um, just want to say that. And, and there's people, there's critics like complaining that he breaks the fourth wall too much in this one. What the fuck did you expect? Like, what, 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 what did you expect? It's Deadpool. He does it all the time. And I guess you want to, you do want to, like, they were going for a bit of emotional tone. I get that, but like, Deadpool is there to break. He's scared to break that. He's there to remind us that we're not watching a movie. That were, you know, sorry, not watching a movie. Remind us that we are watching a movie and this is all, you know, this is all fake. He, there's so many references to being, you know, being on the outside and, and obviously him breaking the fourth wall allows us to recognize that. And he knows what's going on. And I just, I just don't get it. Like, oh, there's, I just wish he didn't break the fourth wall too much. Let's fuck off. They obviously don't really care about the character, I guess. And, and then, and then to the people saying that, that, that uh, wasn't what they were expecting and everything. Have you seen the first one? No. Well, why the fuck did you watch this one? Why did you just walk into this one? People, sometimes people are just so fucking dumb. And they just walk into a cinema and like... Like, it's just like the cases of people walking into R-rated films and going, Well, that was a bit too much for me. There was a lot of language and a lot of nudity. And I just didn't fucking care for it. Well, you're a fucking dumbass for walking into an R-rated film, you fucking dumbass. And not even looking at the fucking, the, um, the rating. Taking your kid in there. Can I see this? 
Oh yeah, not even looking at the rating. The rating's right there on the fucking screen when you order your fucking ticket. And I'm only saying that because sometimes they fire back and say, well, I didn't know it was rated that. I was like, well, you watching eat? Are you blind? Stupid. Just fuck. Some people are just so fucking dumb. And we just, we need a new plague. For just the dumb cunts. Um, anyway, <clears throat> bit off topic. Sorry, just expressing my inner fantasy there. Point is, Deadpool 2 is great. It's better than the first one, in my opinion. You might not think that. That's good. That's okay. Um, but I think it's a really funny movie. It's one of the best comedies this year. Um, but alongside Game Night. I thought Game Night was really fantastic as well. And, um, yeah. Might make top 10. Who knows? Deadpool 1 made top 10 the other year, in 2016. But uh, who knows what it'll, it'll do this year. But I think it was great. It was much more... I cared more about the characters. I love the action. The action was great. And the cinematography was really good. Again, just highlighting the lighting. The lighting just really stood out. It was great. And I recommend that you go see it before... Well, it's not really going anywhere. It's going to stay around for a while, isn't it? Infinity War's still playing, so... And, you know, it's a month later. What is it? The 25th tomorrow. And it came out the 25th of April, so Infinity War's still going... So you've got like a Marvel snack there. You can you can either go see Infinity War or you can go see Deadpool 2. So that's up to you, I guess. But Deadpool 2 is great, and I recommend it. So I thought I saw possibly my favorite movie of May. Um, I haven't really seen much of May, really, to be honest. Um, possibly my favorite movie of May so far. Because May has been pretty crazy. Um... Yeah, I hadn't seen much. So Deadpool 2, I was like, that's probably the best one of May, right? No. Then I went <laughs> then I went home and I watched a little film called Revenge by um Coralie Fage, I think her name is. Um apologies for not doing that name right, but Coralie Fage has made this film called Revenge. It's getting a lot of buzz. It played at the Midnight Madness section at TIFF last year, and it's playing at a few more festivals recently. And it's also playing in a few a few little theaters. I don't think it's playing in Australia, but I watched it online. Um, and because you can get it on Amazon, and um, gave it a watch because it was recommended by a few people. And boy, am I glad that I watched this. Jesus. Um, as I said, I thought I watched the best movie of May. This is the best movie of May. Um, so much so that I recommended it on my Instagram. And um, it'll be a full review will be up on my like a full detailed worded review will be up on my letterboxd account possibly tonight. Pop yes, probably tonight when this podcast goes up. I'll probably chuck this podcast up about ten PM. So um now that I actually have a strategy of how I'm gonna do it now and fucking avoid these Wi Fi problems. I have a strategy, so it I can at least try to be consistent. Um but yeah, it's a film called Revenge. Um, it's been, and it's making making a lot of buzz. Why is it making a lot of buzz? Well, let me fucking tell you. So it's about a. It stars Matana Anna Matana, Matilda Anna Ingrid Lutz, and you might remember her from from Rings. I didn't because I didn't see Rings, so she was kind of new to me. But she was in Rings, so there you go. 
Um, so she is visiting her lover in the desert. He's married with children. Naughty boy, I know. And, um, during that stay, her friends, his friends show up a bit early. A little too early for him. Because she's going to leave the next day. And then they show up a bit too early. And then, uh, while he's out. So one night she's putting the moves on one of them, um, just playfully, just playfully flirting. It's what, you know, sometimes women do that. They like to have a little bit of fun, and that's okay. She's just playfully flirting, just dancing on him, and then he's, he's, he's getting some different vibes. He's not getting the, uh, he's not getting the, okay, we're having a bit of fun, it'll be over later. He's not. He's getting a little too much. So the next day, um, he organizes breakfast for now. The, the boyfriend, she like the lover. He's out. He's out. I think he's hunting. I think, and he's out. And then uh, in the morning, he, she's um, this guy's made breakfast for her. She's a little bit oh, okay. I'm gonna go pack. And then he comes into a room, and unfortunately, she is raped by him. And uh, the other guy, there's another friend as well. He kind of sits there watching for a bit, and then he leaves, because he doesn't want to see it, but yeah, unfortunately, she is raped, and uh, it's a horrible, horrible thing, obviously, and she's obviously very traumatized, anyway, the boyfriend, the lover comes in, and then he just like gives the shittest fucking excuse, like you could just, you, you could really think of, really, he says that it's okay I'm getting you a chopper to send you home. He didn't mean to do that. I think it was this like he didn't mean to do that. I've had a, I've had a word to him. Oh, I've had a word to him. It's all right. You've just been raped, but I've had a word to my friend about it. He's gonna knock that off. So what a bunch of load of, what what a what a, sh- what a load of shit that is. Where was that too loud in the microphone? Getting a bit too close there. Uh, what a load of shit that is, right? We're all thinking that. The viewers are thinking that. I'm thinking that. I'm just like, what a load of fucking shit. This guy's a fucking asshole. What a fucking just creature. So, um, she, I think, what does she do? She, um, she threatens to tell his wife or something like that. Um, oh, yeah, because she wants, she wants to go home, and then he says, Oh, I'm not getting the chopper. Um, why don't you just stay for the, mate, why don't you just stay for this night, and then we'll just, um, work it all out. And she goes, Well, I'm going to tell your wife. Nah, not having that. He slaps her in the face and she falls down. And then we got a problem on our hands. Because she is scared now. She runs off. They're chasing her, right? They're chasing her. They're chasing her. Um, in a very, really awesomely edited scene. Especially with sound design. That was really cool. Um, they're chasing her. He goes to call the chopper, he fucking lies, and he pushes her off the cliff, and she lands on a fucking tree and impales herself. Who is impaled? She doesn't impale herself, but she's impaled in this tree. And they're like, well, that's it. Everyone's, she's dead. That's out of the way. We're men. Let's carry on. Uh, But little do they know, little do they know, that she's about to have a bit of a... I guess a little bit, bit of a re- reincarnation moment, and uh, she—I'm not going to say how she does it, but she comes back to life. Literally, comes back to life, and she is on a mission 
to teach these men a lesson and to, to make sure that these men don't do what they did ever again. So that was a bit of a long explanation of the plot, but that's what I need you to. I need you to set this. I need to set the scene for you. So that's what that's what it is. She's been raped. She got killed. She came back to life, literally, not even fucking joking. She comes back to life, and then she goes on a mission to kill these fellas. And I was hoping for some dingus chopping off, but this is not that kind of film, and I appreciated that. I think it would have been a little too much, wouldn't it? Yeah. Now, the reason I loved Revenge is because it starts off in a very stereotypical way. And when Jen is coming off the... Matilda and Ingrid Goodlarts plays a woman named Jen, and that's who it is. She, she comes off the... She arrives on a chopper in, in the uh, beginning of the movie. And she's getting off the chopper, and uh, she's wearing like these, these uh, pink sunglasses, these really um, cheap store pink girl earrings. Pink girl? I think I'm going to say Pink Pop. Is that a magazine? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know my shit, people. I don't know these magazines. I used to read K-Zone. <laughs> Fucking mania. Uh, but I don't know these other ones. Um, so, yeah. I think, I think I meant to say, like, reject shop. Reject shop kind of earrings. They look cheap. And they're... Um, she's got uh, a short, short slurt short shirt sorry and a belly button showing and a short skirt and there's a lot of angles when she's coming off the chopper there's a lot of angles showing her whole body um getting close to her skirt and everything and she just looks she just just looks how Hollywood portrays most women and um I was just like thinking okay alright but we're watching a movie so I carried on and she's sucking in a lollipop. To, to put the cherry on the tape, she's sucking very slowly on a lollipop. Very slowly, I might add. And there's, in the few, first few scenes of the film, she's walking around, kind of, and uh, the camera lingers a lot on her body, especially her backside. And um, she's wearing these... Um, they're not quite G-string underwear, but they're very, like, they're kind of fashion like that. Um, they do cover her ass, but they... Um, they're kind of, yeah, they're, they're not, they're kind of, uh, let's just say they're, they would be enough to attract these men's eye, I would say, because these men arrive and, um, this is what she does. She just plays it all. She's fun and she plays it all seductive and she's just having fun. That's the thing. She's just having fun. But as I mean, as as I was saying, the cinematography really focuses a lot on her body, and um, in most of these stereotypical fashion films, all of these shots, you know, like I'm talking like every single time a woman shows up in a movie, you know, most of most Hollywood films, there's the slow motion, there's the rock music in the background, there's a the slow motion, there's the you know camera langu- um lingering on um, their breasts, like possibly bouncing in their shirt. Um, and then and there's always the shot from the backside if they're wearing tight jeans. That's pretty much what we're getting here, people. And um, unfortunately, there's a lot of movies. Well, you know, now that we've reached this age, we're hoping to get a bit of a change. But all through the 2000s, there's fucking tons of films that do that. So this is how it starts off, really. And it's pretty much the perspective 
what I kind of gathered was a perspective of how these men kind of viewed her pretty disposable, like, like an object. And just, um, like she's just like, she's like I said, like as an object, she's just a throwaway. She's just a thing they can play with. And then that's it. She is just this, yeah, as this object. And, um, after her event, her traumatic event, um, she is literally reborn like a phoenix from the ashes. And, um, again, I'm not going to say how it happens, but literally reborn like a phoenix from the ashes, and then she goes to hunt these men down. And then after, as soon as she gets reborn, this is when the film goes from zero to fucking a hundred. Uh, there is a lot of blood in this movie. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking blood. And it reminds me of these old, of the old Grindhouse movies. Like, you've got, um, like, the blood in Planet Terror or Tarantino, but, like, mostly Planet Terror. Um, I don't know why, but I was reminded of the blood in that movie. Um, uh, like, your, 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 uh, uh, Dusk, Dusk, is it Dusk Till Dawn? Dawn of Dead. Like, your cheap blood, but, like, there's a lot of it, so there's, like, gallons of blood. Anyway. Most of the Grindhouse movies. And it's pretty much shot like that as well. It's not, like, grainy and everything, but it has more of those shots. But some are different, but I'll get to that in a minute. And there's just... There's just no holds barred, really. It's violent as fuck. It's unflinching. It's extremely brutal. And some some scenes are really difficult to, to watch. Like, really. Some scenes, I was just like... There's, there's a scene... Okay, I was fine with the tree scene, in quotations, tree scene. I was fine with the cave scene, quotations. But there's a scene, glass in someone's foot, that I was just like... Oh, like that. I was just like, oh, Jesus. Because I, recently I got some glass stuck on my foot. And, um, I had to, I don't know where the fuck it is, actually. I tried to get it out, and then I just didn't, I just didn't bother for a bit. And then it hurt, and then I tried to get it out again, and then it hurt again, and then I just couldn't get it out. And then after a while, it just went away. The pain just went away, and I haven't felt it since. So I don't know if it's still in my foot, but, like, swimming around in there, or it might have fallen out in a shower. I don't know. The body works in mysterious ways. Sometimes it pushes a foreign objects out. I don't know, guys. I'm not a fucking scientist. So, yeah, there's a scene with glass on someone's foot, and I thought it was a bit eerie as the uh, as a twelve year old or a nine year old, not a twelve year old, but like a seven or eight year old would say, eerie. My sister says it sometimes. Um, it's pretty gross. <laughs> and uh, even yeah, during that scene, I was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> So there's going to be a few scenes that people can't really deal with, as I, as I mentioned before, the tree scene and the cave scene. Um, the cave scene involving some psychedelic drugs, and uh, the tree scene is when you know I, when she is reborn. But I'm not going to say about that. What I loved about the tree scene is they're just lingering on it for. Um, I don't linger. They stay on it for a fucking long time, and all of the pain is pretty much experienced, and. It's just, it's quite gross, but also just like, oh, like eye-catching at the same time. Very entertaining. So I'm really like, hats off to Fage for going the extra mile and just making it fun at the same time. Like, gross, but uh, like, I like what I'm seeing at the same time. In a really fucked up way. 
Um, but like the big thing about this movie that I really liked, aside from the performances well by Matilda and Ingrid Lutz, like fantastic, because the minute she becomes reincarnated after this event, I was just riveted by her every single scene. Riveted. Great. And, um, just loved it. She was vulnerable at times. Like, she wasn't just this fierce warrior throughout the whole movie, um, like, after the first 20 minutes, but, like, she's not just like this, oh, this, you know, this, um, kind of, uh, you know, you know when in the, in the first Tomb Raider game, how Lara just kills someone and then she's just fucking killing folks straight after again? She kills someone, has that moment where she's like, oh my god, I just killed someone. And then, uh, you know, has that breakdown and then just fucking killing folks all the through. Like, it's just like in the latest Tomb Raider film, to, to kind of um, make a similarity with the Tomb Raider game, in the Tomb Raider film, she kills the first person. She has a bit of a, it's a dope scene too. Um, and I liked how they did it as a, as, uh, as a, being different to the game, I liked how they did her first death scene in this one. But then after that, she's just fucking killing folks with fucking, her bow and arrow, she doesn't give a fuck. Really, no more remorse, really. <laughs> Um, but there's there's a lot of scenes where she's still scared. Jen's still scared sometimes, but she ha- knew she wants to get this done. This is her. She's determined to finish this off. But she's still vulnerable at times. There's moments where you know there are stakes when we do care for her, and that's what I think most action movies and most films like this are missing. The hero is not supposed to be invincible this whole time. You're supposed to really care about the hero and want them to get them through because there's still there should be still events where they could die, and. Um, I loved it. I loved it in this movie, and that's mostly to the writing as well, because Fajay wrote this one as well, and I appreciate that because in most action movies, um, well, the shit ones really, you just they don't. There's no stakes. That doesn't feel like there's any stakes. If if I don't feel like there's any stakes, why should I care if they're going to fucking win all the time? Um, and there's ways to get around that, and there's different ways to get around that, and the ways in the movie, this movie, I liked. But the big star of this movie, I think, is the editing and the sound design. Um, the editing is... It's really... Um, it's really non-linear. Like, it's really different. Um, very art-housey. Uh, there's quick cuts, and sometimes we're not really sure what we're watching. But, like, we think we know what we think we know it is. Like, we, the thing that we think it is, is what we're watching. But then it's not that thing. And it's something completely different. So this is this film is not really a straightforward narrative, and you can't really latch onto it. And um, I guess if you take it too seriously, you're going to really check out early because it, this this movie's bonkers, um, technically, and what happens in it. But technically, is really where it, um, the technical side of the film is where it, um, is really going to throw you off. If you're kind of like a you know, I don't really like to say because a lot of people who go to the cinema like going to the cinema. But there's another lot of people. There's another group of people that just like going to the cinema to be entertained, and they feel like they can do whatever the fuck they want there. Those people, I hate with a passion. So your average, and I call those your average cinema goer, and your average cinema goer, I think it's really a universal term anyway nowadays. But those people are just there to have fun and be entertained. Yeah, they're sure, but like when start taking your phone, why the fuck are you even here? Anyway, that's that's a that's a discussion for another day, really. Um, but yeah, the average cinema goer is not going to be like my brother, for example. 
He likes horror films, and he likes he likes his action movies, but he doesn't like when things get a little art housey. Um, hates that, hates it. He doesn't like slow movies. He hates slow paced movies. I know that for sure. And um, so him, I would call an average cinema goer. But he's he's not disrespectful in the cinema. Like on his phone all the time, he's actually very good. Um, but he's just like he likes most movies that are mainstream and. Um, and he likes your horror movies as well. So he, for example, would check out very early. Because he'd be like, what the fuck am I watching? Because as, as soon as, especially after she becomes reborn, that's when you're like, ah, okay, what the fuck? <laughs> but if you really pay attention, and you just you kind of suspend your disbelief enough to believe what's going on, um, to just, you know, just, to, sorry, not believe, but like have fun, with it, you're going to have a lot of things to enjoy. If you take this film too seriously, you're going to check out early. It's easy. You're just going to stop losing. You're going to lose interest and you're like, this is not... What, what is this? It's just simple as that. But, again, if you suspend disbelief, you're going to have a lot of fun. Really. There's a lot of fun to be had. But again, back to the sound design, it's just... It's just, it's just showing how much tools in the filmmaking belt that you can use, really. Because sound design is another big thing that most filmmakers sometimes don't utilize that well. And I've been, you know, I've been that person. I started using sound design, you know, like creatively sometimes in my last few films. But the first time around, um, well, my, my lyrical had a bit of a um, signature that I made, but I haven't really been able to... I'm just like learning as I go to edit sound and it becomes, it's becoming a very important commodity. And, um, I think it's, it's becoming more important to me by the, really by every, each time I go into the editing room, I was like, okay, the sound needs to be good here. Why the fuck does it sound like this? I need to fix this up. But then there's other ways you can do sound, but, um, and I don't, and like, it's, if this doesn't have this sound design, I would, wouldn't really like, Again, with the editing, the sound design and the editing kind of like flow well together, and that's what works about this movie. That's what makes it different from everything else. Um, it's so exaggerated, and it's just, it's just refreshing. The sound design is just refreshing. Like, there's like a scene with these ants, and then the blood drops, and it f- like it sounds like bombs, and the ants are like scurrying to get away, and like drowning in blood, and it's just like. It's just blood dripping. It's just blood dripping from someone. And a normal filmmaker or, um, you know, in your average film, you just hear of, like, blood dripping. But they're, like, they're just like... It goes... Ants are scurrying away. Crazy. I mean, I had to set the sand a bit. I'm sorry. And then, like, there's a disgusting scene of this man just eating a fucking chocolate bar. Like, just eating a chocolate bar. But, again, it's edited, and the sound design is so punchy and... That you're just like... Can we just go to the next scene? (laughs) But at the same time, I was just like, that's fucking awesome. Because it just made it so gross. It was just like, if I was eating a burger, really? If I was eating a burger, and then... You did that to the burger I was eating. It just looked disgusting. It's like when you think... It's... um, It's... I... I... I unfortunately... Sometimes I eat with my mouth open. It's just the thing. I don't... I don't... um, 
recognize it, and I always get told told by a friend of mine who's sitting next to me, close your fucking mouth, you fucking pig. And uh, that's where I'm just like, oh shit, sorry. Um, or I think it's, um, I think it's, I, I think it's like a loud chewing. It's not, sorry, I'm not talking with my mouth open. I think it's just loud chewing. Yeah, I think it's that. And it is, it is supported by having my mouth open. So I just don't, you know, sometimes I just don't catch myself up like that. And it's like that. It's really like that. It's having that perspective of just like gross. That food in the mouth, he pulls it like, and he's just like, sorry, I'm doing my own sanders on here, but I really need to paint this picture for you. Um, it's gross. <laughs> Bottom line, it's fucking gross, mate. Um, but again, like the, it's just, it's just re- really just what elevates the film. Just fucking elevates it. It's great. And I loved it. So that was like the shining stars of the movie. And then just like there's so much mud and there's and there's just like back to I mean, getting out of the technical side, just physically and watching the film. Like you just feel dirty watching it because it's set in the desert. And I love films that are set in the desert. Because there's so many things you can do at work with. You can work with, 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 with like dynamic weather. You can work with um, just like the conditions, like how hot it gets. Um, how dirty you can get, how just what you can, you can, heat sickness really, for example, heat stroke. There's just a lot of things and it's, it's, uh, it's nature, like um, working with the weapon of nature. Because nature's a bitch. Like it's beautiful, but sometimes it can be a bitch. Example A, the fucking weather lately is insane. And, uh, but yeah, I just like like the characters are just constantly caked in blood, dirt, and you're just like, oh, you're just like watching you like fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, just elevated the feel of the movie. I loved it. Um, the movie is really just like Kill Bill meets Mad Max, the environment of Mad Max, but the violence and the intensity of Rambo. It's awesome, and it's a fucking. Woman, she's kicking ass. Love it. Um, and again, like it's not really a major thing to relate this to, you know, the Me Too stuff that's going on. But I think it's a really good thing to like, you know, have that now, and you can have a film where a woman is just kicking fucking ass, like she's just fucking raising your fist. But it's not like a but it's again. It's just. It's not like she's walking around invincible. Like she has a journey, man. She has a fucking journey, and you just love every second of it. Um, it really reminded me of Lara Croft. It really reminded you of Lara Croft. Not those films, the game, the new games, because the new games is really what elevated Lara Croft to me. It's not like I. I was a fan of. I was a fan of Tomb Raider before these new games coming out, but these new games really showed a side to Lara that really need to be explored, like her, her side of her being a hero, but like, you know, ha- still having vulnerability and still having chances where she could kill herself. And there's a lot of those things where you especially get to impale the stuff. Like, those are hard to watch, but like, sometimes they're hard to avoid. But that's what I mean. Having that 
having that th- um, those thoughts of just like, oh shit, Lara could die here. Oh my god, Lara could die. And I wasn't really... I didn't really get that in the new movie. That's why I was disappointed in the new movie, because I didn't really get that. And um, I really got that here. It's just like, this is the Tomb Raider that I wanted, but like, not the premise, you know? And there's a shot in this movie that was just like, that's Lara Croft. So, um, you know, I'm really excited for the... By the way, I'm really excited for the fucking game in September. I can't wait for the Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Because um, I was playing Rise. Um, it just got better. Like, I just... Hopefully this third one's better than Rise. Um, but yeah, and then it's just like this... Oh, man. She kicks some ass. And it's so bloody and brutal and just like... Dudes get fucked up. <laughs> There's only three dudes, but... And it runs the runtime of... I think it was like an hour and 40. And it just runs the whole time. And it's just intense. It's it's just... It's great. It's, it's the best movie I've seen this month. It's one of the best movies I've seen this year. And I highly recommend you check this one out if you haven't checked it out already. And... Um, this is a French filmmaker that I can't wait to keep watching because after watching Julie DeCano last year of Raw French female filmmakers are just kicking ass at the moment and I haven't checked I'm going to check more out because if they're going to keep giving me this shit this is what like this is the filmmaking that I want to see um so you go check it out if you don't really like those art, these art house kind of films and like and straight and uh, kind of non-linear stories, you're gonna check out very early. You're not gonna if you take it too seriously. Again, you're gonna just you're gonna lose interest. And you're gonna be like, eh, fuck it. But if you stick with it and you suspend your disbelief enough, every event gets more brutal than the last, leading up to a fucking white knuckled vicious finale taking place in the house in the desert. That was just like. Fuck! It was just so. It was just. I don't know. I, I I felt like I had the blood on me from the characters. I was just like, this is just insane. <laughs> but um, there is there was a moment in that chase where I was just like, just fucking stop, just like stop, and just turn around, you know. But um, you know, other than that, I really enjoyed Revenge. I think it's one of the best films of the year even though it technically came out last year in the festivals, but, you know, it's playing around here, but so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count it as this year. And it might make... Could make top 10, who knows? We're only in June, because technically June's next week, so we're only in June, but um, who knows, I might get there. So definitely check Revenge out if you want. Check Deadpool 2 out. Um, that's playing in cinemas, as you would, as you would know, but um, I think you can go on Amazon and watch Revenge, or you can um, stream it if you want. You can find other means. But if this film comes out on Blu-ray and physical disc, I'm definitely buying it. I'm definitely buying it. Sorry, not buying. Buying it. It's fantastic. I got, I'm, I've been trying to find Raw as well, but I can't find that anyway because I really wanted to get Raw. And I don't know if that was my top 10 last year, but that was I think that was one of my honorable mentions. But yeah, this movie is fucking... It's, it's just great. Like, I, after the movie, I was just like, fucking yeah! Got him! And it's just a just great, this is beautiful shot at the end. It, I'm not talking about the final shot, because that was a bit cliche to me, but 
there's a beautiful shot in the end when she's standing next to the pool, and I was just like, that's fucking beautiful, man. And just like the whole movie, I was just, you know, you want to hear who you can root for and then feel for and just feel their journey, and I did, and I loved it. Loved every second of it. So go um, check it out if you want to. Right, before I head off, um, just want to talk about Saturday's podcast. So Saturday, um, I'll be doing talking about foreign films because, um, you know, we talk about these mainstream English ones. We talk about some indies. And uh, I want to talk about... So I want to shine some light on some foreign films that I've watched. Um, now, you've got those issues of people just thinking like, oh, uh, the subtitles distract me or oh, I just don't want to watch a film in my language that, that is not in my language. That's okay. That's fine. But I think sometimes foreign films have some of the best stories in film. And um, I want to shine some light on that. Um, and, uh, you know, get that out there. And just watch some great movies. Because these, these films that I watched recently are really just great films. I think, in my opinion, I think they're, I think they're great. I think, I've never seen anything like them. Um, so I've picked out three. I picked out Thelma from last year I picked out In the Fade from last year um, now I could have gone back but I was just wanted to watch I was looking out for some and some just recommended ones and um, Thelma I've been, I was actually waiting for because um, I think that played last year at a festival and I was like oh that looks really fucking good I think it was Telluride and I was like oh that looks really nice and that was different too um, so I picked that one out that was always going to be one in the Fade I watched recently because that was a I believe that was a contender for the best foreign film so I picked that out and I liked Diane Kruger Star Power and um the third film I picked out was um was called The Hunt and that's from 2013 I believe 2013 or 2012 one of those ones um and that's got Mads Mikkelsen in it and as we know Mads Mikkelsen is great um, so I wanted to check him out and I don't I think it's Danish and um, I've seen a few Danish films and I've just heard that this is one of the best films in the last uh, 10 years in the last decade I think it's they, they're saying it's one of the best foreign films in the last decade so I checked that out as well I watched that today actually and I watched In the Fade a couple of days ago and the film was like last two weeks ago so I've actually been planning this podcast for a while, but I just haven't had time to do it. So this Saturday night, this Saturday night, or this e- this Saturday evening, because I've got my um, parents coming on Saturday night to stay. So I think it'll be this Saturday or this Saturday evening, uh, but I'll release it in the night time. Um, there's going to be a special podcast about foreign films, and um, I can't wait for you to listen and check these, and hopefully you can check these films out because they're good films, like, they're really good films, and there's some, and then there's some of the best. Like uh, Thelma was some of the best, one of the best I've seen this year, even though it was last year. In the Fade was great too, and The Hunt was just fantastic. Um, so, can't wait for you to listen listen to that. Check those out. Again, recommend Deadpool two, and I recommend Revenge. My God, get your hands on Revenge. Beautiful stuff. A French filmmaker just bang, 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 firing on all cylinders. Love it. Can't wait to see what she does next. She came from short films too. Short films to this? My God. Fantastic stuff. And really inspiring as well, especially coming from short films. And uh, so that'll, that'll do it for tonight. 
And uh, this will be up around 10pm, I think. 10pm or 10.30. Because I have a plan to watch another film after dinner. And um, I'll be talking about that. Talk about that film probably next week. Um, who knows? I might have a little special indie podcast next week. So that's always fun. And uh, yeah, so this will be up, I'd say 10.30 or 11. You can check it out then. I'll put it on my Instagram as well. You can check out my Letterboxd. Um, I'm starting to get more active on that now. So I've just been updating all the movies I've seen this year onto that one. And I put up my review of Revenge tonight. And you can check that out. Um, review thoughts. I'm not really, I don't really consider myself a critic. So I'm just going to say thoughts. Because I, I just like to talk about movies. Not like critique them every single time. Um, but um, I, just, I, I just call it my thoughts whenever. Some people say, well, you're technically just reviewing them. But I'm like, you know. I don't want to... I guess I don't, I don't want to make critic being a critic my career kind of thing. Like, um, there's some people that make a career out of being a critic, and I, I just don't want to do that. That's not my thing. I want to make them motherfuckers. I want to make films, baby. Right. Uh, so yeah, I'll check you out on Saturday, and I uh, can't wait to talk about some whew, foreign goodness. See you then.